0: Welcome to Tea, Toast and Trivia. Thank you for listening in. 62-year-old Arianna arrives in the south of France for a two-week artist workshop full of anticipation, but burdened by guilt. Back home in Toronto, she has been living with the devastating diagnosis of her husband's dementia and the heartbreak of watching the man she loved for decades slip away before her eyes. What does her future hold without Ben? Before her is a blank canvas. Transitions, art, and France are all found in my current read, Drawing Lessons. I am delighted and thrilled that the brilliant storyteller, Patricia Sands, The author of Drawing Lessons is joining me today and bridging the distance of 3,364 kilometers between Vancouver and Toronto. So put the kettle on and add to this exciting conversation. I am your host, Rebecca Budd, and I am looking forward to sharing this moment with you. Welcome, Patricia.
1: Rebecca, thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here with you. I've listened to so many of your podcasts and feel like we've been connected for such a long time on social media. It's really lovely to be speaking face to face even though we are so far apart.
0: I was attracted to you from the beginning because you have a unique way of sharing life experiences. And it really spoke to my heart, and I know it speaks to the readers that follow you, and you have many. And it's because you are able to bring the narrative of life in a novel form into our hearts in real life. And we can identify with the people that you bring to us via your books. Now, we are celebrating the 10th anniversary of your first book, The Bridge Club, which was published 10 years ago in 2010. Now, it was based loosely on your bridge club? Yes,
1: my real-life bridge club. Women who are still very much a part of my life. Now, what prompted you to start writing? That's a good question, and I honestly don't have a very concrete answer for you. All I can say is that 13 years ago, my husband retired from practicing medicine. He was a sports medicine specialist. And he decided it was time to go and spend the winters in our home in Florida and golf and play tennis and just enjoy life after 38 years of a very busy practice. So we got down to Florida as we did every winter and prepared to enter into this, the golden years, I think they're called, are they not? Yes, they are.
0: Yes, they are.
1: And they just turned out to be not so golden for him. He'd had a lot of Health issues, particularly with his back, and they just proceeded to become increasingly debilitating. And he wasn't able to play golf and play tennis as he used to. And so I had a lot of time at home. He was very supportive, and I would go and play golf and tennis with my girlfriends. For some strange reason, I decided I was going to write The Bridge Club, but just for my bridge club, because we laughed about it for many, many years. Over 40 years at that point, I began putting this book together very much with their cooperation and support. And then they started saying, you know, you should think about publishing this. You're telling women's stories. And another would say, my book club would want to read this. After a lot of thought and conversation, I did decide to make it a little more fiction. I would say it's about 80% fact. I continued writing and finishing the book. Then I thought, well, I'll look into how you get your book published, because I really had no idea. I was a retired teacher and never considered being an author. And before I finished writing it, I began taking writing workshops and courses. One book that was particularly important to me And it's interesting because in the following 10 years, I've been invited to speak to a number of writing groups. And the one piece of advice I always share with them is this. About 12 years ago now, Stephen King wrote a book titled Writing, A Memoir of the Craft. And every writing class or workshop that I attended, this book was recommended. I read it. I was a bit surprised because I had never read any of his fiction The first half of the book is his life story, a little on the bizarre side. But I grew to become very fond of this man, Stephen King. By the time I got to the middle of the book, his life story had finished. And he said, now I have to do what my publisher asked me to do. And that is, I'm supposed to tell you how to write. Never, never in a million years would I presume to tell anybody how to write. It's such an individual undertaking. But he said, I'll share with you what works for me and what doesn't work for me, and you can use any of it as you wish. There were many things that he wrote were very enlightening and interesting. But the one thing that really, really hit home for me was he said, you know, if you feel so strongly that you have a story to tell, there's just this story inside you that is just screaming to get out. You don't have to have an MFA. You don't have to take all these courses to learn how to describe the dark and stormy night or deeply emotional crisis. You just need to write your story and sit down, put it on paper. Don't worry about mistakes. Don't worry about grammar. Just tell the story. And in the process of doing that, you will find your voice. And when you're finished, when you feel that you have that story all down, then you find a professional editor to read your work, and to talk to you about it and to work with you. That's how you get started. That was a very encouraging bit of advice in that I was so worried about the mistakes I was making while I was writing, and did I do it correctly, and would this be something that people would really want to read? And I mean, the answer to those questions is that really no author writes perfectly. Every author needs to work with an editor. And not your best friend or your Aunt (laughs) Nellie has to be truly a professional editor. And they make magic out of your words. Such a collaborative part of the writing process. I love it. I cannot wait to get my first remarks back from my editor and to see what they have to say about what I've given them. Anyway, don't want to digress here because I'm very good at that. I had a manuscript that was professionally edited, and I was considering uh, publishing. But, you know, then what do you do? I knew that, well, you had to write query letters to publishers and to literary agents, and hopefully somebody would be interested. I know now that this is really a very challenging quest. But anyway, I went through the process. I fired off all sorts of query letters. I got all sorts of rejections back. I received some very complimentary letters saying, we like your work, we like your topic, but it's not what we're looking for right now. One of them said, you know, maybe in about a year and a half to two years, we will be ready to take a look at this again. And I was like, do you know how old I am? It just coincidentally happened around that time. I had been following the Canadian author, Terry Fallis following his website with interest, and he had a manuscript that was not getting picked up by anyone. And so he self-published using a specific company. He won the Stephen Leacock Award for Humor with that first book and immediately had a publisher and, and an agent. And around the same time, I read an interview with Lisa Genova, who wrote Still Alice. And just coincidentally, she spoke about the same process, receiving all sorts of rejection letters and finally self-publishing, again with this same company. And then, of course, we know what happened with Still Alice. I mean, it's such an amazing story. And she, Lisa Genova, is a wonderful writer. I thought, okay, well, if they both use that company, they must have done their homework. I'm going to stop looking around and I'm just going to use that company, too. So that's how The Bridge Club got to be published. I used that publishing company and their editing service again, and although I don't want to mention the company because it's gotten a bad rap from a lot of people. And I know that I had a very good experience with them, so I'm thankful that I did use them because I learned so much through that process. Bridge Club was out there in the world, and they had also set me up in social media, which you absolutely must be as a writer, and particularly as a, an independently published writer. I began receiving emails from readers saying, what else have you written? And I was like, well, uh, nothing. (laughs) It was sort of embarrassing. (laughs) Of course. uh, By that time, I'd become really involved with the writing community, which is just an amazing experience. It's so collegial, and writers around the world are so supportive of each other, sharing information and helping each other market. And it's just a great experience started a blog post. And because my husband and I were going to France every summer, I would often blog about being in France. And as you know, I'm a photographer, have been since I was six years old.
0: Interesting.
1: I would post photos from France. And so I thought, okay, I want to write another book. And I want to set it in the south of France. And a lot of readers that contacted me said how much they enjoyed reading about mature women and not necessarily a protagonist who was 20 or 30 years old. So I thought, okay, I'm going to keep writing to my demographic and I'll set the book in the south of France. So that was The Promise of Provence. And my husband and I actually rented an apartment in Antibes while I wrote the first draft of that. It was wonderful. (laughs) So that was the beginning. You know, I received letters and emails from that book saying, well, what happened? Like, did Catherine... Because the book ends at the airport, and so everybody wanted to know, well, did she go? Did she stay? Who did she stay with? I spoke with other of my writing friends, and they said, you've got to turn it into a series. And so that's how the trilogy evolved. I self-published the second book. And one day I opened my email and there was a message that began, Hello, Patricia, I'm a senior acquisitions editor with Amazon's Lake Union Publishing. And we've just finished reading your work and we'd like to talk to you. And I was (laughs) like, (laughs) first I thought it was a scam. You know, like you've just won six bazillion dollars. After I read the message about 15 times, I called my husband over to my computer and read this. What do you think? He said, well, I think it's on the level. That afternoon, I spoke with the Senior Acquisitions Editor at Amazon. Lake Union Publishing is their imprint for women's fiction. They wanted to buy the rights to my two that were out and re-release them. And then they would publish the
0: third book, which is what happened.
1: That was just an amazingly wonderful stroke of luck for me
0: and validation for what your work was, because I see from this whole story that it was a journey that unfolded, and you followed the journey. I have goosebumps.
1: You're so right. (laughs) I had no idea that this was going to happen, and I know I was very fortunate. Some people try for years to have a publishing company pick up their work. It was just a huge surprise, and I'm so incredibly grateful. And I've had a wonderful experience with uh, Lake Union.
0: Oh, lovely.
1: After the third Provence book, my editor said, okay, well, we know those books are really loved by your readers. But you know, we think you should branch out a little bit and write a standalone, and make it a little different. And I said, well, you know how old I am, right? Um, it's, <laughs> it's, I, I used to say, well, I'm probably not going to have a 30 year career here. But you know, you never know. <laughs> you never do. But I said, I want to keep setting my books in the south of France. I mean, The Bridge Club is absolutely not set in the south of France. It's a very Canadian novel. But I was so loving writing about that part of the world. And I love the fact that my readers really enjoy that, too. Even though I realize that I'm putting myself into a bit of a niche. Because not everybody wants to read about the south of France. So that's how drawing lessons happened. I said, I will write another book. I'll set it in the south of France, but in a different area, but it will still be about a mature woman.
0: So anyway, that's how that story evolved. And I think why people are attracted, first of all, there's many people that like the south of France, but you deal with women's issues and aging as the center of your writing. But you also celebrate the feminine spirit and the power of friendship. The part that I particularly liked is that you challenged and encouraged people to face their fears. To face the unknown, to go where they had never been before, just a few steps, well, maybe a couple leaps.
1: (laughs) Yes, to not be afraid to do it. The aging process has been, I don't want to say interesting because that's such a mundane word, but I never really thought about it. And even now, I often forget my age, but all of a sudden, something will happen that makes it very clear to me. I find watching my friends age with me and And my husband is five years older than I am. I realized just because we're getting older doesn't mean we can't have dreams and we can't realize those dreams. That one of the advantages of getting older is that you perhaps finish with your career or whatever it was that was occupying most of your time. And hopefully you loved what you were doing. But you reach a point where that's coming to an end. and You have time to do whatever it was that you always thought you wanted to do. That's something that's very special about aging. It doesn't mean our life has to stop being exciting or interesting. There are so many opportunities out there for us as we get older.
0: I think I consider it a valuable time of maturity. You know that you are in our existence. There's always something else. And when you look forward to that next Adventure, and there is an adventure, always. I wanted to to tell everyone that Patricia is so kind, and she has invited book club members to contact her and have a conversation over Zoom, over phone, or over FaceTime. You know, Patricia, this time of solitude has not stopped you.
1: I'm not the only one. I mean, it's amazing what authors are doing online during this period. And, you know, we were doing it before, but because the the confinement has gone on for such a long time, it has created an opportunity for these unique situations to become the norm. And several of the book clubs that I've met with on Zoom or FaceTime, it's wonderful. And so many book clubs have said, you know, We might not worry about getting together at each other's home quite as much now, because quite often it's difficult to get everybody organized on the same date. And I was surprised at how much these groups really did enjoy the Zoom talks. The only problem was they didn't get to eat like they used to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Patricia, will you come back one day? Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Because I know your enthusiasm and joy for life inspires us and understand our own creativity and pursuing the journey that unfolds. We love certainty, but we thrive best in uncertainty. It helps us. This is wonderful, wonderful that you came. Any last words? I would just offer the same back to you,
1: Rebecca, that here you are creating something very new in your life and embracing this new technology with the help of your husband and hey that's okay if you've got a techie that helps you all the better we love you techie (laughs) trust me i have a few techies that help me online too i would be lost without their assistance so you're another great example of how you've looked at your life and thought "Hmm, i think i'd like to give this a try and you've gone ahead and done it with such excellence i'm really honored to have it and thank you for uh, talking about drawing lessons because it's a book that's very dear to my heart. I'm glad you enjoyed it as much as you did.
0: I did, and I am going to encourage you to check in with patricia This is an extraordinary place to visit, and you're only an internet click away from Patricia and the South. Of France. And until next time, dear friends, keep safe and be well.